Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Oi, 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 oi. It's David Cox. And I'm Josh Matheson. And this week we are looking at chapter 12 of Treasure Island, which is Council of War. War! Which is a good What is good for absolutely nothing. Apart from dramatic readings, it's a lot more dramatic than just landing on an island and taking a stroll around like what me and David guests last week. So I'm kind of <laughs> excited about for a beach this. picnic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Long John and Israel hands go for a romantic walk along a Caribbean shore. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot more interesting. So we're kind of ramping up the, the pressure here. Last week, we had Long John talking to Israel hands and what was the guy's name? Dick. I think his name Dick. was just Dick, but we called him Dick, Dick Square because he's apparently a bit square yeah. about <laughs> the mutiny that's going to eventually take place uh israel hands is getting antsy he wants the pickles and the wines that the captain has and he wants this mutiny to happen sooner rather than later but then john made a quite a good point where he's like why are we doing it now let's let them sail the ship let's them chart, chart the course do all the work and then we'll just grab it at the end when we're kind of on the way home and we're really home, home yeah. free yeah why why jump them now and then still have to find the map still have to find the treasure still have to do all the work so it, i'm definitely with john on that one it makes more sense really to kind of wait until they're almost heading home and the course very has been logical chartered. villainy it is but um, I think that these people were hoping for more of a pirate's pleasure cruise, i.e. being able to drink as much as they want and generally behave in a very disorderly Debauch. manner. Yes, I think they were hoping there'd be more debauchery. And obviously, as soon as they take over the ship, they know they'll be able to have more debauchery on ship as well. Yeah, because so they're, obviously... they're like rationing the rum and stuff. And they're like, yes. What? Well, I suppose there's fewer mouths to drink as well. And yeah. Have more share of all the provisions yeah but I, I also think that these pirates having come off the ship since flint they probably came off with a sizable amount of money and so we did say that like you know pew used to live off this amount a month which is basically as much as like a lord of an estate would so i think they've actually gotten quite bougie i think these men look kind of rough around the edges but i think they're actually quite used Gentlemen to spending yeah no i think they're used to spending quite large amounts of money and and have almost gotten more used to the finer things in life i think i'm almost imagining like my big fat gypsy wedding kind of vibes where it's like these people are seen as being travelers on like lower class but actually the amount of cash these people actually use and flaunt like they're yeah. not hard up money wise at all is this, so, would this be considered to be nouveau riche in the 18th century? <laughs> is that one of the people? <laughs> like white, tr white trash. White trash, right. yeah. <laughs> My big fat pirate wedding. They get really gaudy sofas. So like, you know. Yes, and all the gold rings, sovereign no rings taste. on everything. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So Jim didn't get discovered at the end of the last nope. chapter. I'm Did guessing not. that means he's scot-free and home, you know didn't didn't kind of get well obviously he's writing so he he had must have not he must have survived but we're assuming this council of war is him then retelling what he's overheard to the powers that be on the ship and maybe they're making a plan for what's coming 
So seems a logical prediction. Yeah. Just had a, just, if this was done now, would it be? A, he would. He would. He would be doing it as a vlog, wouldn't he? Oh, it oh yeah, it would be an Instagram. Hi guys, yeah. uh, welcome to Jim's World. Click like below, click <laughs> subscribe. So, um, so yeah, I was in a barrel of apples, and, and this week's all uh, about mutiny. These guys were talking about mutiny, and yeah. um, I was super super scared. Um, <laughs> but luckily, they had rum instead of apples, and I got away. So <laughs> catch you later, guys. Click uh, subscribe below. Thank you. Wow. I'm pretty sure there'll be a life lesson about like, you know, be careful who you let into your inner circle because some friends will backstab you and da 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 yeah, Jim's world. Jim's world. Jim's world. Bowling time. Don't call it, don't call yeah. it Jim will fix it. Oh, no. Da, no, no, no. no <laughs> right. So we jump in and find out what war they're planning. Um, might as well, since we're here. Let's do it. Here we go. Chapter 12. Council of War. There was a great rush of feet across the deck. I could hear people tumbling up from the cabin and the forecastle and slipping in an instant outside my barrel. I dived behind the foresail, made a double towards the stern and came out upon the open deck in time to join Hunter and Dr. Livesey in the rush for the weather bow. There, all hands were already congregated. A belt of fog had lifted almost simultaneously with the appearance of the moon, Away to the southwest of us, we saw two low hills about a couple of miles apart, and rising behind one of them, a third and higher hill, whose peak was still buried in the fog. All three seemed sharp and conical in figure. So much I saw almost in a dream, for I had not yet recovered from my horrid fear of a minute or two before. And then I heard the voice of Captain Smollett issuing orders. The Hispaniola... Oh, yeah. ...was laid a couple of points nearer the wind and now sailed a course that would just clear the island on the east. And now, men, said the captain, when all was sheeted home, has any one of you ever seen that land ahead? I have, sir, said Silver. I've watered there with a trader I was cooking. The anchorage is on the south, behind an islet, I fancy, cried the captain. Yes, sir. Skeleton Island, they calls it. It were a main place for pirates once, and a hand we had on board knowed all their names for it. That hill to the nord they calls the Foremast Hill. There are three hills in a row running southward. Four, main and mizzen, sir. But the main, that's the big un with the cloud on it. They usually calls the spyglass, by reason of a lookout they kept when they was in the anchorage cleaning. For it's there they cleaned their ship, sir, asking your pardon. So this is almost, I mean, he's doing it quite subtly, but it's almost Long John incriminating himself slightly here, isn't he? He's it? given away that he knows a lot, yeah. Well, he knows, so he knows the island, and he's basically saying, oh, yeah, I used to work on this other ship. 
that I was cook on, you know, um, it was the pirate ship, it was Flint ship. Yeah. But then also the fact that like it, the spyglass is the centre hill, but that's also what he called his own tavern. Yeah, it's the <laughs> so name it's of his like... pub. Yeah. <laughs> Classic, so it's like man. if you ever wanted to like draw a dotted line right back to your doorstep <laughs> as somebody who's involved, then it's like that's way too much of a coincidence, really, isn't it? Kind it's of one is. thing to be like, oh, I know the names to all the hills because the hand on board told me them. And there's another thing where it's like, I not only know the names of the hills, but I then named my own pub after one. I have a like, close that... personal connection to this e- island. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but in fact, exactly. a spyglass is more known for being a, a navigational tool. It's true. Is it not? But but also just the fact that spyglass, Those spyglass. That know him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And they all know he he runs the tavern called the Spyglass as well. They and do. so there used to be a, a pub like... in Bournemouth where I grew up called The Spyglass and Kettle. And it only just makes me realise that that's a random combination of things. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the Spyglass and Compass. Things. The Spyglass and uh, Map. No, yeah. no, Kettle. No, yeah. No, it's true. Um, by the way, if you hear dog barking, it's not me. There's a dog next door. And he, <laughs> that's the way he speaks. He just really wants to be that's on the podcast. That's the way he speaks. I have a chart here, says Captain Smollett. See if that's the place. Long John's eyes burned in his head as he took the chart, but by the fresh look of the paper, I knew he was doomed to disappointment. This was not the map we found in Billy Bones' chest, but an accurate copy, complete in all things, names and heights and soundings, with the single exception of the red crosses and the written notes. Sharp as must have been his annoyance, Silver had the strength of mind to hide it. Yes, sir, said he, this is the spot, to be sure, and very prettily drawn out. Who might have done that, I wonder? The pirates were too ignorant, I reckon. Ah, here it is, Captain Kidd's anchorage, just the name my shipmate called it. There's a strong current runs along the south and then away north up the west coast. Right you was, sir, says he, to haul your wind and keep the weather of the island. Leastways, if such was your intention as to enter and careen, and there ain't no better place for that in these waters. Thank you, my man, says Captain Smollett. I'll ask you later on to give us a help. You may go. I was surprised at the coolness with which John avowed his knowledge of the island. And I own I was half frightened when I saw him drawing nearer to myself. He did not know to be sure that I had overheard his counsel from the apple barrel, and yet I had by this time taken such a horror of his cruelty, duplicity and power that I could scarce conceal a shudder when he laid his hand upon my arm. Ah, says he, this here is a sweet spot, this island, a sweet spot for a lad to get ashore on. You'll bathe and you'll climb trees and you'll hunt goats, you will, and you'll get aloft on them hills like a goat yourself. Why? <laughs> do you imagine just going on like the holiday brochure? It's like, oh, so what is there to do? Oh, great. You can ride a horse on the beach. It's climb trails. You can go swimming, you can go snorkeling, you can hunt goats. What? 
goat hunting. It's a problem. Snorkeling? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I just love, normally there's like a a kind of cohesiveness between activities that you link. So when I heard like you'll climb trees and hunt goats, I thought you meant like hunting the goats in the trees kind of oh. thing. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit like, oh, are they climbing them? Maybe not. I don't know. Well, no, I suppose if you were in there. the trees, they'd be really easy. Like if they were just sitting ducks or sitting goats. Um, <laughs> just, I don't know how you'd do it, but I suppose they got weapons, haven't they? But then they're not yeah. going to give them a weapon. Uh, that would be another uh, omitted chapter of the story when he goes to trying to hunt a goat and he's not very good the at goat it. goat hunting yeah. chapter, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, there are and a lot of chapters just, to this book to go, so they could also be... one of the Muppets is a goat. Yes, he uh, is. I don't know the which pirate. pirate he plays. He's definitely my favorite. Yeah, I think he might be oh, called right. Clueless Morgan. Yeah, he's he's the dumb one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Why it makes me young again? I was going to forget my timber leg. I was. It's a pleasant thing to be young and have ten toes. And you may lay to that. When you want to go a bit of exploring, you just ask old John, and he'll put up a snack for you to take along. And clapping me in the friendliest way upon the shoulder, he hobbled off forward and went below. Captain Smollett, the squire, and Dr. Livesey were talking together on the quarter-deck, and anxious as I was to tell them my story, I durst not interrupt them openly. While I was still casting about in my thoughts to find some probable excuse, Dr. Livesey called me to his side. He had left his pipe below, and being a slave to tobacco, had meant that I should fetch it. But as soon as I was near enough to speak and not to be overheard, I broke immediately. Doctor, let me speak. Get the captain and squire down to the cabin and then make some pretense to send for me. I have terrible news. The doctor changed countenance a little, but next moment he was master of himself. Thank you, Jim, he said quite loudly. That was all I wanted to know, as if he had asked me a question. And with that he turned on his heel and rejoined the other two. They spoke together for a little, and though none of them started or raised his voice or so much as whistled, it was plain enough that Dr. Livesey had communicated my request for the next thing that I heard was the captain giving an order to Job Anderson, and all hands were piped on deck. "'My lads,' said Captain Smollett, "'I have a word to say to you. This land that we have sighted is the place we have been sailing for. Mr Trelawney, being a very open-handed gentleman, as we all know, has just asked me a word or two. And as I was able to tell him that every man on board had done his duty, alow and aloft, as I never asked to see it done better, why he and I and the doctor are now going below to the cabin to drink your health and luck. And you'll have grog served out for you to drink our health and luck. I'll tell you what I think of this. I think it handsome. And if you think as I do, you'll give a good cheer for the gentleman that does it. The cheer followed. That was a matter of course. But it rang out so full and hearty that I confess I could hardly believe these same men were plotting for our blood. One more cheer for Captain Smollett, cried Long John, when the first had subsided. 
So that was actually quite a good ploy, actually, by the captain there. He's like, let, let me give them drink. They hopefully won't question why we've just disappeared when we've just found land. Yeah, so, yeah, he, they're very clever. I'm going to say, like, you know, Dr. Livesey is very good at being discreet. And, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that he kind of knows to do that because this isn't his world. Do you know what I mean? He's a doctor and he's a magistrate. Yet he's got the foresight to kind of be very discreet and subtle and keep his cards quite close to his chest. Which is funny because Trelawney, this is his world. And yet he is completely like this naive baby stumbling through it. No, yeah, it it definitely seems like the Doctor has a a lot more savvy. Oceans. Yeah, but you'd think that it would be the other way around. Do you know what I mean? This little Hamlet doctor would be completely out of his depth being on a ship with a load of pirates. But Trelawney, I mean, as a squire, he would have just been like a posh toff, wouldn't he? He wouldn't necessarily yeah, have... But he did say that he'd sailed before. So he's been oh, on yeah, ships before. Like, I know probably as yeah, some kind of toff. Yeah, the, boat, the boating lake at Hyde Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was a pedlo. Yeah, the big swan boats. <laughs> and, and even the swans mutiny, mutineered over him. Yeah, exactly. And this also was given with a will. On the top of that, the three gentlemen went below, and not long after, word was sent forward that Jim Hawkins was wanted in the cabin. I found them all three seated round the table, a bottle of Spanish wine and some raisins before them and the doctor smoking away with his wig on his lap, and that, I knew, was a sign that he was agitated. The stern window was open, for it was a warm night, and you could see the moon shining behind in the ship's wake. Now, Hawkins, said the squire, you have something to say. Speak up. I did as I was bid, and as short as I could make it, told the whole details of Silver's conversation. Nobody interrupted me till I was done, nor did any one of the three of them make so much as a movement, but they kept their eyes upon my face from first to last. Jim, said Dr. Livesey, take a seat. And they made me sit down at table beside them, poured me out a glass of wine, filled my hands with raisins, and all three, one after the other, and each with a bow, drank my good health and their service to me. For my luck and courage. <laughs> I find it quite funny that like the raisins are on the table in a bowl. Rather than just like giving him the bowl of raisins, they're like filled his hands with raisins. They took the raisins out of the bowl and then put yeah. them in his hand. So he's probably sitting there going, How am I supposed to drink what do, the wine what do I, if I've what got do I a do with all these raisins? Over, yeah. <laughs> it's you like when you take popcorn, you try and eat it, it just goes everywhere. Like, just give him the bowl of raisins. This is so stupid. I'm guessing it's symbolism, but like, it's just, it's, it's an impractical nightmare. <laughs> How on earth is he supposed to pick his glass up? I'd say, so I don't dumb. know. Now, Captain, said the squire, you were right, and I was wrong. I own myself an ass. And I await your orders. No more an ass than I, sir, returned the captain. I never heard of a crew that meant to mutiny, but what showed signs before. For any man that had an eye in his head to see the mischief and take steps according. But this crew, he added, beats me. Captain, said the doctor, with your permission, that's silver. 
a very remarkable man. He'd look remarkably well from a yardarm, sir, returned the captain. But this is talk. This don't lead to anything. I see three or four points, and with Mr. Trelawney's permission, I'll name them. You, sir, are the captain. It is for you to speak, says Mr. Trelawney grandly. First point, began Mr. Smollett. We must go on, because we can't turn back. If I gave the word to go about, they would rise at once. Second point. We have time before us, at least until this treasure's found. Third point. There are faithful hands. Now, sir, it's got to come to blow sooner or later, and what I propose is to take time by the forelock, as the saying is, and come to blow some fine day when they least expect it. We can count, I take it, on your own home servants, Mr Trelawney? As upon myself, declared the squire. Three, reckoned the captain. Ourselves make seven, counting Hawkins here. Now, about the honest hands. Most likely Trelawney's own men, said the doctor. Those he had picked up for himself before he lit on silver. Nay, replied the squire. Hans was one of mine. I did think I could have trusted Hans, added the captain. And to think that they're all Englishmen, broke out the squire. Sir, I could find it in my heart to blow the ship up. <laughs> well, gentlemen, said the captain. The best that I can say is not much. We must lay to, if you please, and keep a bright lookout. It's trying on a man, I know. It would be pleasanter to come to blows. There's no help for it till we know our men. Lay to and whistle for a wind. That's my view. Jim here, said the doctor, can help us more than anyone. The men are not shy with him, and Jim is a noticing lad. Hawkins, I put prodigious faith in you, added the squire. I began to feel pretty desperate at this, for I felt altogether helpless, and yet, by an odd train of circumstances, it was indeed through me that safety came. In the meantime, talk as we pleased, there were only seven out of twenty-six on whom we knew we could rely. And out of these seven, one was a boy, so that the grown men on our side were six to their nineteen. End of chapter and end of part two. Ooh. I mean, those odds are pretty bad, aren't they? Particularly because their side is unknown. Like, the other side know exactly who is with them and who's against them, whereas their side, they've got no idea who's turned against them yet. Yeah. So anyone could also double-cross and double-cross again. Well, it's interesting that I didn't realise that Israel Hans was one of Trelawney's men originally. And he's... Yeah, no, because he was definitely, like, he was gagging for, like, mutinying. like now. over it. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's why he's showing his inexperience. He's never done this before because he's not thinking it through. He's thinking just to strike as quickly as possible is the best thing. Yeah, sure. But it's going to be really interesting now that everyone has that knowledge. It's going to make every interaction super interesting. 
because you've added that really yeah. big wedge of context. Yeah, it's that, that um, you know, it changes like every, it changes everything, doesn't it? Every interaction yeah. is going to be completely different. Because, but then, but then also, it's like I don't know that you know. And I don't know that I know. Say, yeah. It's the friends thing where it's like, but, but they, they don't, don't know, know that we know, know that they, they know. know. <laughs> and they don't know that we know that they know that That's we know. That's the next chapter. <laughs> That's the next. Oh, um, okay. Oh, yeah. I'll, Is I'll that your it. chapter title? I, <laughs> well, I, I, I can't do that before the, the, the thing. <laughs> since oh, we're there, dear. let's get ready, David, to play. Guess what? The next chapter's called. <laughs> I'm going to do this first just because I've got, I've got props and this is only. <laughs> oh wait, hang on. Don't we have two visible? We've got, we've got the, the, the chapter title and the next section we've of got, the book. Guess what part? Oh, well, I guess called. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, There's I'll do two, the so You need two titles. So you've got to try and guess uh, okay. Patreon. You can play along as well. People that are stingy will just have to guess, guess by the reaction of the guys, what I'm doing here. Uh, I've got three owls. They are made of wood, and they are doing something. Okay, you might have seen these before. Maybe normally monkeys. Where is this going? People. I don't know. Uh, so this is the first one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay, little owl covering Number his two. ears. It's the whole hear yeah. no evil. Yeah, That's yeah. See no, no evil. This owl has his wings covering his eyes. He is they're very dusty. Baby. You're gonna get. David, you need to they are. good dust. This. <laughs> oh, I've only just well, we've got some new covers. All right, all right. Shame me. Everything's good now. No, and then just last but not least, speak no evil. Speak no evil with his little wing over his little. I mouth. love that they're owls because aren't they traditionally be- monkeys? Norm- yeah. the ones I've set, so I've normally seen are the monkeys. It's the three wise yeah. monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but how is this going out. anywhere near your your prediction? Your guess. Yeah. That's what I think it should be called. I think the next uh, the oh, next. Okay. Chapter is going to be called Hear No Evil, See No Evil, Speak No Evil. That is a great uh, and the, ne- and the section, A Grand Adventure. Okay. Is my guess. I'm guessing they dock, but then I thought they docked this time and it was Council of War. So I'm going to go, the chapter will be like the hunt for the treasure begins or something like that. Like the, right, okay. the or the trek. Yeah, let's go for that. And then for the section hunt. title, because the last one was the sea cook, and this whole section has been about Long John, really. So I, I feel like the next one's going to be about the island and the treasure. So, yeah, just oh, no, I can't say Treasure Island. That's the title of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon there's going to be one. Just be like the uh, the island, or happen. like my time on the uh, my time on the island, my the islands, something like well, that. I t- I tell you what, neither of you are a million miles away from either of those suggestions. Um, okay. Were I handing out points, they would be numerous because part three is entitled My Sure Adventure. Oh, okay. <gasps> so he got adventure. That's like the closest I've been. Yeah. The closest on, you've ever been. Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel first... like I got one quite close on the 39 steps, but um, this That's is quite right. good. And uh, the that first was, uh, was it various parties converge on the sea or something that you got right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like the stupidest chapter title ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first chapter, chapter 13 in part three, is uh, aptly titled How My Sure Adventure Began. Oh, okay. Oh, so, so my the beginning chapter of the, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I feel like those are quite similar to each Maybe. other, to be honest. They are yeah. pretty much the same, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, okay. I do love, just going back just to the last chapter, how suddenly Trelawney's like, yeah, Captain, um, what are your opinions on how we should deal with this? Because he is now so out of his depth with yeah. this problem that he has created through trusting people he shouldn't have trusted and blabbing about things he shouldn't have been blabbing about. So I do love how he's suddenly gone from, uh, excuse me, sir, I'm in charge. I don't like this, Captain. He speaks plainly to, to yeah, yeah, Captain, um, so what do you think? Um, I think I think, I think, think you should give us some more opinions on what we should do. <laughs> Your wise counsel is greatly received. At the yeah, time. no, exactly. It's just so funny. I was also actually thinking just now, I, if, I might have been tempted to have gone something like Jim the spy or something like that, because that's obviously what they're basically asking him to do. Eyes and ears around the ship because people don't pay much attention to the cabin boy and obviously don't feel like he's any kind of threat to them. So he's able to kind of loiter. I don't say he's disposable because he's like the runt of the Yes, no, so it's, it's like, true. Well, if he, you know, if he gets found out, he will get killed. But yeah, yeah. and but it's not me. <laughs> and it's just another warning that they're coming. He's basically the canary in the cage, really, isn't he? He is, yeah. Being yeah. sent. Yeah, in poor thing. So oh, well, there you go. Well, thing. if you've got any thoughts or opinions on this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to suggest some of the activities that Jim can do on his island adventure, <laughs> apart from goat hunting, tell us on Twitter, at uh, lazybookclubpod. That's it. Snap a picture of yourself holding a handful of raisins and put it on Instagram <laughs> at Lazy Book Club Pod. I don't know how you'd take the picture and hold the raisins, but then you'd you know you'd figure it out. Yeah. Self timer. Yeah. Is it gonna be like the new Chubby Bunnies activity? Yeah. See how many raisins, how many you, raisins can hold you can get in, in your mouth. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Please, I changed my mind. One, one more, please, one more. Please. Can you pick up one more? Patreon <laughs> Patreon content idea. It's just like that's what <laughs> we're gonna do. So, yeah, mouth? we're not reading a book today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do that brilliant uh, speaking of Patreon we are on Patreon where for the very small fee of $3 a month you get an extra episode every month as well as access to our videos we're currently working through the Grim Tales Fairy Tales book so we do a little short standalone story for you each month so next week we are looking at chapter 13 how my shore adventure began we'll see you then bye 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 bye, bye. bye.